also yeah. this panel makes me remember i do support women's rights but i also support women's wrongs and this woman's wrongs in particular <laughs> i can't wait to see them be committed welcome to the story thinker a webtoons and witcher podcast for super fans with scene by scene analysis featuring sharp co-hosts for a fuller picture we dive deep into character psychology relationships and theories we'd love it if you could like subscribe comment and rate us on all podcast platforms and social media for bonus content you can support the story thinker on patreon let's begin Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 149 for Lauren Peary. And we are here with London and Ocean. And welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me. Which, yeah, if you have been on the podcast at all um, for any amount of time, you will know that Fu is a Valarcy fan. This is a Valarcy episode, ergo, Fu is on the episode. <laughs> yeah, I come crawling out of the walls whenever we just get the little crumb of them. Um, <laughs> And Mindy has been very gracious and has allowed me on with very short notice. So thank you, Mindy. <laughs> well, yes, thank everyone. So it's, it's, I'd be sad if we didn't have food on this episode. This is definitely one that food would like. And you, I was like, oh, food's going to dig into this one. It's very funny, actually, because I, I, I saw s- some people were sending me screenshots and they were like, where are you? Yeah. Um, I woke up 20 <laughs> minutes after the episode had dropped. I was enjoying a very nice nap <laughs> and I completely <laughs> forgot about the update. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like Murphy's Law. It'll always, the one time that you are sleeping during an update, it's actually your episode. <laughs> yeah, it was the first time in two years. The last time it happened, I think, was like the fake dating episode, mm-hmm. which is like, wow. Wow. A while that ago. was also very a chaotic return, too. Like, I come, I wake up and everyone's like, Kieran and Lauren are dating. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Whiplash. Whiplash. Mm-hmm. all right so we begin the episode with a dish shattering it's already dramatic and we have this super fancy house and it's like ah just like keeps going and going and going long screen and they're this really fancy house everything is white um white and beige very ordinate very fancy we have a gentleman reading the newspaper um a woman um drinking something and a butler with like a towel or whatever napkin and the scream continues and the the man of the house probably says what out and the woman of the house say what was that and they look at each other they all look more fancy stuff i'm just thinking about the amount of time so spent drawing like these really fancy backgrounds (laughs) i wouldn't expect anything less for like the um darcy household oh yeah definitely when i i saw like the gore warning and i was like okay and then I saw the house and I'm like, okay. And I saw the family and I'm like, who are these guys? And it hit me. And I was like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> like I, it took me a second to like realize what had gone on. And I was like, oh, oh God. And I like, I need to remind myself that she's not actually dead because right. we see her in that one flash forward from the beginning of the season. But I keep forgetting. And I'm like, dang, Karen kind of messed up. <laughs> oh, I didn't forget at all. It was it was very interesting actually to read the episode, knowing that Darcy isn't dead. And it was it's really interesting because it was like on one hand, it was it was very dramatic, but it was also not as dramatic because we know that it's not like real. I wonder if that's like Again, I feel like if you're someone who's binging the series, you might like read entire, like all of a season three in a day, potentially. So imagine like you're reading it, you kind of see the narrow thing, but it falls in the back of your mind. So someone could like read this and then not remember potentially. So that must be crazy. But like most of us, we're kind of like, okay, Nero's alive. So like, as soon as I was like, oh, she's screaming, uh, fake murder, right. fake heart, <laughs> let's go. Look at everybody being sad about this girl who's not dead. I'm chilling. She's not dead. Like... <laughs> I kept wondering like whose heart that was like I was just like okay is that like an animal's heart but like surely they have testing or something in this day and age where they could like figure out that it's not actually her heart and she's alive somehow I was thinking that I mean I guess we should really save it but like I don't think they're gonna test the heart but let's 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 get there (laughs) we're whatever it's not yeah. yeah so they will rush um down a hallway more servants come and then you see a maid sitting. It looks like she's backed away into the wall. She is shaking and um, the mistress of the house says, Rose, dear God, what is going on? And she's just 
Maid is just pointing, her face is ashen, and they open the door. They look very nervous about what they're going to find. And then the the dad, I assume it's the dad, right? He says, yeah. Nera. And then this lady is not her mom, right? Because we... I feel like that is her mom. Is her mom? I can't yeah, remember because I mean, that picture that got dropped that wasn't that was never moved. Okay, fine. They've got purple. She's got purple eyes, so we can assume like mom, if it's not mom's sister, but yeah. Okay, fine. I'm like 90% sure that the picture that got deleted looks a lot like Nara's mom. It might just be the bun, but okay, fine. So, I think I think she was at the Sinclair's wedding. Right. Ah. Fine. So she is, they drop and they are gazing upon the gory scene. It is nearest bedroom covered in blood everywhere. The, the carpet has been um, like it's tipped up. Blood on the curtains, blood on the, it's like blood on the upper curtains, blood on the bed. And then you see like a trail of blood out at the balcony. So it looks as though the body has been dragged out. And then of course, on the bed ew it's so gross there's a heart with the purple eyes and then lots of blood you know for a second when it panned down i thought it was like a crab for like know, a split right? second because like you know i see I, i'm from the tropics i see crabs when i go by the ocean i was like oh crab and they're like oh no that's a heart okay okay because <laughs> i was like why would a like you know just like within like a millisecond i was like oh crab why would a crab be there oh no wait it's a heart ha yeah, so, so now we can discuss the heart ocean. <laughs> well, I guess, first question, whose heart is it? I feel like it's got to be an animal, right? Like, unless Karen just killed somebody else recently, but I feel like he would tell Lauren that. I feel like the, I feel like next episode, we're going to get the answers, because I feel like next episode, we're going to see the whole process of how they planned <laughs> all of this, oh my God, yes, I would love, I would love to see that, but um. I would assume that it's like a pig's heart because um, Lily mentioned this in the chat earlier in Discord, but I also was thinking this as well. Pigs are often used to replace humans in like, you know, anatomy because like, you know, the skin is similar, the organs are similar and pig's hearts have been used before to kind of um, replace human hearts as like, you know, as props or like whatever, surgeons, like learning, whatever. But uh, another thought that came up as we were talking now, it's kind of morbid, like, because they talked about like him potentially finding bodies. I feel like finding organs would be a lot easier. So he could have fully just found like a human heart at like a morgue or like one of their, whoever that contact was or whatever. Like, I don't know, a like anything where a lot of bodies are, just find a heart. But I would think it's an animal heart personally. Hmm. Yeah, I had, when I was, when I first like reading or reacting to the episode, I had also brought up the heart thing but I had more so connected it to like the fairy tale of Snow White because mm -hmm. like fairy tale connections are not lost on Purple Hyacinth I mean we have like Little Match Girl Bella you know Kieran makes several he makes at least one Cinderella reference mm -hmm. um and so this kind of was giving me the huntsman bringing the queen Snow White's heart except it's not her heart it's the heart of a pig mm -hmm. um also what Bundan said about the next episode explaining everything that happened I cannot tell you guys how excited I am for that because yeah. I have been like, I've been hoping, manifesting for Kieran and Darcy to interact. Like imagine this man, you know, on the same level of Hal Pendragon comes into your room and he's like, <laughs> girly, we're going to figure it out. I mean, I feel like Nero is the kind of person to just be like, hell yeah. Oh my God, where are we going? And, you know, she helps with like painting the curtains blood because i mean like look at the blood on the curtains by the window that's overkill you know he's driving <laughs> her out at that point you know, maybe i he can get away with the blood on the curtains around the bed but the window that's kind of far away you know but i like to think that they just went ham together painting pig's blood i will say all around the room i like that description except the only thing that gives me pause is like oh my god how like how her parents are reacting like I'm assuming she loves she and her parents have a reasonably good relationship and this is just like devastating for them so I'm sure she would have enjoyed it like in, if if she wasn't hurting her parents you know knowing the reaction her parents are going to have I mean obviously like I was just thinking that as well like as we began reading it's like oh yeah her parents are probably like devastated but um we also know that um 
she's kind of had a strained relationship with like the family expectations, like society, whatever. Her parents are very much like Will's parents kind of pushing her towards Will and stuff. But I also don't think that that would make her like completely cold and heartless to like mm-hmm. their own feelings. But like, you know, at the end of the day, if it's this or like, because if Kieran doesn't do it, someone else will. So she will go along with it because her being al- like actually alive in secret is far better than her actually being dead. So mm-hmm. I think it's just something that she will do. But I would love Darcy kind of being like, you need help like spread in the blood. I, like we need to make it look believable. Sure. Like, but I like yeah. to think, oh, sorry. No, good. I like to think Kieran is slightly concerned with how willing this one noble woman is to helping him fake her own death you'd be like okay i don't see why, why bella, bella likes you. her so much yeah, yeah. right <laughs> I, I think you would know that anyone who's bella who bella is you know in love with would be an interesting person mm-hmm. <laughs> i i can definitely see darcy making the trade-off of her parents not knowing that she's actually alive in order to preserve um her well-being because karen he probably would have told her that like hey we gotta go we can't tell anyone okay even your parents if not they might leak something you know someone might find out if they have any information that you're alive lights out for them it's like um anybody's seen full metal alchemist brotherhood there's a a whole scheme very similar to this with one of the side characters having to fake their own death and you think that they're dead for like a good like few episodes and then it's kind of revealed that this whole intricate plot happened to make it so, and we see the planning of it. So it's like, yes, I want the PH version of her kind of having to grapple with like lying about her death to her parents and for a short amount of time, Bella potentially, and like all these other things for the sake of her own life. And, you know, again, they'd prefer for her to be actually alive in secret than really dead. I feel like this is like a good opportunity for her to to like restart her life considering like when she was on that date with Will she was saying like oh her parents have other plans for her and she's kind of rolling her eyes talking about how she has to have an heir and Mm -hmm. being gay that's obviously not in the agenda so I feel like this could actually almost be like a little bit refreshing for her yeah like cut ties she didn't have to explain herself or explain why she's doing what she's doing so Hmm. I feel like she could have some fun with this with the drama of just painting the room (laughs) I do wonder though like Arthur will we get to see Arthur's reaction to this because like I would not want him to think that Neyra is dead for the rest of his life you know He's the um, only royal we we like and protect in this household. So <laughs> yes, I would choose the Dokken, we sometimes like thin ice. What? Thin I, like ice. I like Dokken still, but also it's like his sussiness kind of like <laughs> like bubbles under the surface. But yes. yeah. We like, but beware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious to see. I, I'm hoping I don't think Darcy's gonna remain dead for the whole comic. Like my assumption is that at some point by the end of the story like there'll be this reveal and whatever happens will happen the big drama blah 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 and i'm assuming that you know all will be restored and like people get to go back to like their you know identities and lives so i'm assuming that won't be forever but yeah (laughs) i'm curious to see if we'll see a little bit more of their like devastation or how she feels about her parents thinking she's dead i would i think in the past i've this i've expressed a dislike for Nera just completely running off I think she has business in Artalis and I hope she can return to it Mm -hmm. um whether that be in like the overhaul of of the government or something like that Mm. you're a prime minister hell yeah I'd get her her voted in (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's already you know knows the palace ways (laughs) all right so now we go to the next dramatic scene this part also like killed my heart oh my gosh I feel so bad so we're in the APD office and there's will and lauren are at a desk and away from them there's two officers who are whispering to each other and lauren's talking hey can you sign here will yeah just a sec while these other people are talking and someone says did you hear what happened this morning in district 12 and then someone says yeah the purple highs struck again that bastard and then will and laura are like <laughs> you know <laughs> looking up oh gosh and they both glance over and I was paying very careful attention to Lauren, by the way, because I was like, did Kieran tell her or did he not tell her? So from all appearances in this scene, she 
she appears to be completely unknowledgeable. I'm very impressed. You know what it reminds me of? You remember when they got the first Loon letter and Lauren mm-hmm. was also like very right. confused about it, acting concerned, <laughs> asking questions, whatever. Like looking back, because like I was like, Lauren probably knows, or at the very least, she th- knows that Kieran wouldn't like, like, you know, she knows something else would be wrong if she doesn't know already. Mm-hmm. So um, once again, Lauren showing that she's a great actress when she needs to be. Very impressed. <laughs> And the, someone asks, who did he kill this time? A highborn lady, Darcy's daughter. She was one of the queen's court ladies. And no, poor Willie gets up and he's like, what did you say? Oh no. And they say, Lady Nira and Lena Darcy. And Lauren's face is like, and then they continue. The family found her bedroom wrecked, blood everywhere with nothing but her heart on her bed and a purple hyacinth right beside it, of course. Nobody heard anything overnight which is really strange considering there were signs of a fight in the bedroom. Well, then I wonder. <laughs> I bet no like signs. whispering to each other with like buckets of the blood. Just like, <laughs> tiptoeing around the room, painting the blood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but if anything, this is also like beefs up Kieran's reputation as well, right? Because it's like, wow, he came in, there was a struggle, but he kept it quiet and got her out of there in the middle of the night. Like it kind of reaffirms his position in the organization as well which could be beneficial for uh, for him and his goals in the long run that's a good point <laughs> show off at the same time i was i think or i was kind of surprised that they didn't find out this from like a briefing because i would have expected mm-hmm. it to be such big news you know that herman would have said it right yeah. Maybe I just want more Herman screen time. I don't know. He's he's getting better. Okay. <laughs> I never heard anyone say that. Like, he's getting better, and honestly, good for him. Wow. I, listen, I've always defended Herman as like neutral, but it's very rare <laughs> to have someone who doesn't hate on, on Herman. This is impressive. <laughs> I think he gets so much hate because he holds Lauren accountable, and honestly, I think Lauren needs to be held accountable more often. But also, I think it would have been like really interesting. If they did during a briefing and then will just like completely broke protocol and just left during the briefing and we could also see kim there and uh, yeah i was like waiting to see if he was in the room while we talked about this <laughs> oh <laughs> my god <laughs> hilarious terrible but i think will would have strangled him <laughs> just well like... no but he doesn't know that kieran's with hyacinth but i just wanted to see how he oh. would be like oh my gosh really he would just say like <laughs> <laughs> like they make eye contact across the room like and like will runs off but then lauren's just there like <laughs> comedy gold but i get like why they wouldn't do that like you know they're trying to keep like the tone of the scene and not kind yes. of make you like laugh in the middle of it like it, it is a heavy yeah. scene it requires it to be taken like 100 seriously um yeah. there's no comedy basically in this episode which i appreciate as well because mm-hmm. um one thing about comedy is that you need to know when to throw it in and like the, the comic could obviously be very funny but like you know you have to use it at the appropriate moments you can't just throw it in the middle of a really heavy scene that just kills tension yeah the i agree in this scene we... oh, sorry go please go no it's fine go ahead Okay, the comedy is what we imagine about Kieran and Nera doing to fake the death. Yeah, and Kieran just standing awkwardly at the side with his coffee, just being like. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm glad they didn't make it comedic because this whole part with Will is just, breaks the heart. So Mm -hmm. they continue, but why would he leave only her heart? If there was no body, she might still be alive. Maybe he took her as a hostage. If it was indeed the Rebel Hyacinth, I'd be surprised. Nobody survives that sadistic monster. <laughs> and now Will, poor Will, he has his hand in his mouth like he's about to throw up. And he's kind of mid, mid getting up in the chair. And they're, they're still talking. Bet they're trying to send a message to the royals going after a court lady just after we took over the devil's den. And he's just like, and then they say the queen might be next. And it's like, <laughs> he's grabbing his hair. He's gritting his teeth, grimacing. Things are going to get real ugly soon. And then he just gets up and like lurches away from the table and runs out the room. Lauren says, Will, Will. But she doesn't go after him. I don't know, at least the scene ends. It doesn't look like she went after him. How many more people is this boy going to like lose? So here's, um, Lily said this really good theory 
which I think was Lily, she said, what if, you know, we've been talking about how Lauren has been withholding information from Will already for a while, right? Obviously, like um, Raphael, she didn't tell him about Raphael. Now, now we know that she knows that Darcy isn't really dead and he didn't tell her that. She didn't tell him that. So Lily was like, what if Raphael is captured by the Royals? Will goes to visit, finds out that Lauren is loon blah 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 and is like and that's what turns him into the betrayer which we speculated about will being the betrayer already i forgot that theory was still around honestly <laughs> i forgot all that so <laughs> yeah i forgot hecate um prophesized that <laughs> in just in general right. um i think yeah it's i I think Will is a little bit overdue for not necessarily a villain arc, but definitely re-questioning or questioning a lot of the people around him. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he's going to find out who Kieran is eventually. He's going to know that Lauren has been lying to him for a while. And I, for one, was not necessarily super happy with how easily Kim and Will just accepted Lauren being Loon in 111 Hmm. because they're kind of like okay I mean it's not like your actions kind of led up to one of our um, co-workers being left in a hospital in critical condition it's fine don't worry about it um but I think Lauren's actions do have a bit of irresponsibility towards like around them and you know the vigilante work that she did as Lude in season one especially with like kidnappings and even getting involved in a death I think it's really good if Will or Will and or Kim start to question her about it because we haven't necessarily seen her friends kind of hold her accountable in any sense um but I think it'd be very interesting if they did and I've been hoping they would for since the season began Hmm. I think that's fair. And I think out of the two, it's definitely going to be Will because I think that uh, Lauren and Kim have like a stronger bond of like, well, you're my best friend. And even if you're wrong, like I'm going to be there for you. Where I think Will is more of like the, you're wrong and I'm angry and we're going to tell you you're wrong, but I'm still going to love you kind of a friend, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. That's like this. But so I hope yeah, he figures think... it out. Oh, go yeah, ahead. It's just, sorry. It's just like, you know, again, as we were saying with like Raphael, you know, Lauren didn't tell him about Raphael. Lauren didn't tell him about Loon. And um, because Lauren didn't tell him about these things, some stuff happened that maybe like Will could have stopped. Um, and Lauren can't, I guess she can't hold off forever. She's just, she still hasn't bit that bullet. And everyone else is kind of taking the fall for her trying to involve and not involve her friends in with her loon business at the same time. Can't have the cake and eat it too. Yeah, at some point the other shoe needs to fall and like things Mm. need to kind of blow up a bit in the friend group, I think. But like obviously in the end they would probably come back together Mm because, you know, like recognition of like her really like trying to do it for the greater good and like coming from her understanding and stuff. But I feel like she needs to kind of feel the consequences of their anger at her for that. Um, And I think that would, again, inject a lot of realism into the story again. Um, Like, you know, kind of show that, like, Lauren's mistakes do have, like, lasting consequences. And they do allude to that in 111 itself, where it's, like, the stuff that happened in the factory and all the things after did have, like, further consequences. And I feel like including personal consequences, not just, like, the plot consequences could be a really good like kind of rich way to kind of you know have a bit more tension and drama in the story and like you know again more realism for uh our very flawed but beloved protagonist hmm. yeah yeah oh, sorry, sorry Mary, did you, you want to say something yeah it's like what you say actions have to have consequences and i think for it has to have like weight meaning your what you do has to have an effect and your right? There's a certain, like, it goes on a scale, like you're going, putting it down on this side of the scale, you have to have a counterweight at some point to balance it. Yeah, I think 
one of my grievances was with Lauren this se- in this season so far. I th- disclaimer, I think this could very well possibly change. Um, is that I feel like she just doesn't face enough consequences anymore because she's been getting away with like more and more stuff and yet less and less people seem to care you know like the factory arc um I was like dang I really would have expected Kim to maybe hold it against her for a little longer especially (laughs) seeing how Kim turned on her during it or maybe like will right because he's just always left out of things um and um like I I don't know it's I I feel like Lauren can't be questioned anymore in a sense and I'm not really sure how to explain it it it's a mix of how her friends don't really seem to hold any of the things she does against her and also how we haven't really seen the hypocrite arc for a while like I I wouldn't say that's been relevant since maybe season one early season two and so now we don't have Kieran really holding her accountable either because that was like no 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 you're also involved in this you know you have done these things um and so we've kind of this is where it sticks out to me the most because we've kind of seen Kieran grapple with this monster complex right but the mirror of it with Lauren which is the hypocrite thing it doesn't really follow as the monster one does and so I've been thinking I don't know I've been thinking about that one recently and it's kind of just made me feel like Lauren will literally get away with anything and her friends are like will just accept it easily even like I think it was 42 where Kieran was like I don't think it's safe for you to be doing this anymore she resolves that in like an episode and while it might come back it probably will come back it's just like it felt like it had a bit of an emotional climax as a conflict in the episode that it was um like brought up to her and I was just like huh Lauren is like dealing with a lot of these personal conflicts very easily and to some extent it just becomes a bit tired I think because I would like to see these things more in depth I think like part of it too is they're all so busy and overworked and tired. Like you don't have time to process your emotions. It's like, you just need to keep going and you're like, you know what? I'm going to like bookmark that for later. I don't really like what's going on, but we need to keep pushing forward to Mm -hmm. find out who Loon is or find out who all these people are doing these crimes. So I think that they do have those problems with Lauren, but they're going to need to address that later when they're not so tired and emotionally exhausted already. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I would just love to see more of her facing the consequences of her own actions and kind of showing that like she's not perfect even though she might have Im- improved in some aspects I feel like she just needs to get over the hurdle of trusting her friends and the people around her which we'll get into later when um, I think that like this whole thing is the great opportunity to get so late into the mix and let them know about these things but also like you know Will is a bit of a wild card considering how like emotionally attached he is to the current situation Mm. but yeah I feel like this should be the thing that like really begins to get that ball rolling her Mm. telling them them blowing up especially will potentially her kind of having to deal with that and seeing us us seeing her having to deal with that but then eventually them kind of resolving it coming together to like take it down I would like to see something along those lines Mm. not in that particular order (laughs) I think um sorry something just happened in Skyline. um I think Will definitely has it in him to be very pissed at Lauren because like you know first time with Raphael it's like okay I can understand it but this time second mm-hmm. time girl yeah well I mean we theoretically don't know what happened after the scene ends like maybe she went after him like but probably not but we'll see I guess next couple episodes I would love if like we got that where it shows more of the end of that scene in the next episode where maybe like she gets Kim and Will to the cave and there is there and they're like what's going on and that's how we found out that would be really interesting mm. <laughs> funny that they tell you know Will who she met like twice other than her parents so yeah <laughs> yeah I feel like yeah. 
All right, so now we switch to another scene. We have this beautiful home, red roof, it's moon, nighttime, and we have Redcliffe being thrown against the bookcase. Uh, Woo! Quality content. <laughs> Woo! Let's go. Let's go. Mm, yes, I support violence Poop. against this you know man. Poop, why don't you read this section? All your dreams coming true. You literally took a picture of this. <laughs> I did. Okay, wait, one second. Um. Okay, so we have him thrown against the bookshelf. There's a crash. Books are falling up over the place. He looks up and he's like, Bella, wait. And oh my God, I was uh, not prepared. I, I was not prepared for what I like when I was scrolling this. We see this absolutely magnificent panel of her like, you know, teeth bare. She's yelling at him. She's about to sucker punch him in the face, you know. Um, we, should all, we should all do her face. I can't do it one thing I think and nobody can like disagree on everybody has to agree on this season three has had the best facial expressions like Bella's the range of emotions you see in this woman in this one episode and like the detail and like you feel like these emotions like in your heart it like squeezes your chest like me I was just feeling so much empathy for her like I could feel her rage her despair her like sadness her like disbelief and it, oh, it's, it's been so good. She's yeah. killing it. Also, yeah. this panel makes me remember. I do support women's rights, but I also support women's wrongs and this woman's wrongs in particular. <laughs> and I cannot wait to see them be committed in 4K. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she's literally going ham at him. Um, she's missing a knife in her hand, which I'm a little bit disappointed about. You know, I would have liked her to see him stab him up a bit. You know, Redcliffe skewers for dinner. I feel um, like this is more visceral though. Like a knife, she says it later, it's too fast, basically. Yeah. Like oh, she the, wants to get that yeah. out. She wants to get her hands bloody and in his flesh. Like she wants that personal contact. There's I, something like truly satisfying about just punching something <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> Hold on. And I'm I sure she's daydreamed about this too. Just like how many times he's threatened Nira. She's probably thought about this so many times, just beating oh, the she's crap been waiting. out of him. Yes. <laughs> She has been waiting and lurking for the right moment. Um, I need to find... Okay. I just... Yeah, I love this episode so much because of, like, this one scene. Not just because I predicted it. Like, not just her... His grabbing her hand. Because as he... As she punches him, he grabs her fist. She still punches him anyways. I know, right? Um, <laughs> it, like, did not have any effect at all. <laughs> you know, the soccer punch. And she's like, it was you! Um, and I remember a lot of debate last episode over whether it was actually Redcliffe who ordered the hit. I thought it was Redcliffe who ordered the hit. And I was like, that's kind of stupid of Redcliffe. Because like, yeah, this is what happens. <laughs> um, but also it's very likely that it's the leader and just trying to get Bella to take care of Redcliffe for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he did, I lo- looking back to someone pointed this out like later that day, they were like, he was talking about like recontacting F- um, Apostle Four about dealing with the spy, and it was um, it, um, him, yeah, Apostle Four, and then it was Messenger Four who gave Kieran the order. So it could mm-hmm. very well be that, but I could also see it being like shenanigans. But also, I was the one who also said that like him killing Nair is stupid because he loses his leverage and now has the killer that he created mm-hmm. vengeful and looking to get revenge, but like this episode as we later see he is so confident in his ability to turn the situation around immediately that like he's just kind of lets her beat him up lets him pull the knife on her and then he just says the words that he knows will like completely like destroy her and get her to like not try to murder him at that moment but I still think it's a stupid decision in the long run like once she calms down and gets a clear head she's Mm -hmm. going to think of a plan to get rid of him and make him hurt again and again, it's going to be great. But like, sir, unless you have some other like five brain plan <laughs> like going for this, like you, you, you made a choice. And that was. <laughs> so, yeah, Bella punches again. Um, Redcliffe ducks and he's like, Bella, stop. Where you been, Luke? Okay. Um, <laughs> then she knees him. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he coughs. Um, he grabs her wrist again and she's just 
completely disgusted you know we see it disgust you know <laughs> and she throws him down and he's like belladonna or she doesn't no she doesn't throw him down she just like she pulls her arm up. away she it kind of looks like up. she throws him down yo wait crap <laughs> yeah and then she puts her hands together interlaces her fingers and then just like slams it on his back um and then pull yeah pulls him up by the collar she should do that to me i'm kidding (laughs) or am i (laughs) um and she just holds him up and it's like it's such like um a great contrast because especially in like episodes like 124 you can really see how small bella is compared to him and here Mm. yes bella is kind of smaller as she holds him up because he is taller than her in the frame but she's in complete power here you know she's lifting him up but it's not like how she would have in the past it's like no she's about to throw him right back Mm. down i was surprised that redcliffe i kind of thought he wasn't even fighting back really or he's barely fighting back because i was like whoa this is this is not evenly matched but I don't know, maybe Redcliffe really is just such a softy, I don't know. Uh, he seems like he could have been strong back in the day, but he's allowed his luxuries and his um, the fact that he has people who now do that for him to kind of soften him a bit so that he didn't need to potentially. Because I think his the thing that really made him an asset to the Phantom Scythe was his charisma, his ability to kind of bring people in, like, you know, curate the the love of the masses with his persona of, like, this philanthropist who built himself from the ground up, whatever, all that. So, like, I don't even really see himself as being someone who really focused on the physical aspects of, you know, being strong, like, physically. I feel like his thing is always, like, commanding a presence that kind of pulls people in, keeps him there. He knows how to manipulate people to use them. He's got Raphael and a bunch of the other circus, not all of them probably, but a bunch of them working this as well. So it's like, yeah, I don't see him as really being one to focus on combat. He's just a a soft little man who's getting his (laughs) shit rocked by Bella and we'd love to see it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I've never seen him as a fighter. I've always, like, thought that he, like, surrounded himself with those people who could do that for him. I guess it kind of just speaks to his character, right? He can make all the threats he wants, right? But if he actually goes into a fight, he's getting his ass owned. (laughs) um, But yeah, so she kicks him across the room. He crashes against a bench, sofa, looking... No, he crashes against a coffee table. Um... And he tries to pick himself up and he's coughing and she pulls him up by the hair. And mm-hmm. she says, or she tells him in his ear, it was you. It could have only been you. You took her away from me and I'm, and I'm going to make you pay for it. And he's struggling to say, um, or he's struggling to respond. And he says, it's not what, and she whacks his face and she's like shut <laughs> up <laughs> oh yeah the word is just as worthless as you are hmm. piece of shit mm. and she kicks him again oh, this is such a euphoric episode um <laughs> he coughs should i wait should i pause do you guys want to discuss it or do you should i wait till the end i'm just glad she has heels on <laughs> yeah i'm curious okay yeah, good one. Okay. And he says, listen to me. And she says, I said, shut the hell up. I am done with you, Albert. Sorry, this made me crack up because I can't take him seriously with his name as Albert. I am <laughs> done with you, Albert. Done with your lies. Done being your puppy. This and man. What are, we, what are we naming him instead? Instead of Redcliffe. Redcliffe. Yeah, let's call him Redcliffe. Redcliffe. Yeah. Albert no, just makes me like, what, what first name would you give him? I would picture a very refined name for him. I'd rather, like, I always say that he looks like Alucard from Castlevania, but I don't want to compare them because Alucard is a sweet boy who needs to be protected and we love him dearly. Um, and he's nothing like this, this, this bad uh, trash man. So I just, I'm down to just give him his last name. Doesn't deserve a name. Let's just call him his last name. All right. Oh, that's good. Bella reaches for her knife and Redcliffe's on the ground and she's kneeling over him and she says, you should have thought twice about angering the monster you created. 
You've been arrogant enough to think this blade would never turn on you, haven't you? By the way, like I love that setting and that composition where like she's on top of him, she's holding his neck, right? It could be seen without the knife as like tender, you know, lovers, but nope, there's that knife. And she does have her foot on his like throat as well. She's got her knee up like this. On his chest, right. Yeah. Well, you know, some people like that. I don't know if I'd call it lovers, though, because they've been very much established to have, like, that kind of parental, almost, dynamic. Right. No, I'm not saying they are lovers. I'm saying the scene, of, typically, when you have someone holding your head mm. on your chest, it's, like, romantic. <laughs> or, like, maybe you're caring for them. Maybe they've been injured and you're trying to help them. And, no, she's doing the injuring, which, you know, great change <laughs> yeah. of pace. Oh, my God. Scene, I love it. The scene also mm. really reminded me of the scene of when she was a kid and she was about to kill her father. Oh. Like... Oh. Thing. I, yeah yeah looming over um a body lying down with the knife yeah the same mm-hmm. knife the same knife it's mm. like killing her second father oh wow yeah. yo <laughs> see that. that's, that's it's probably that. gonna happen yeah. but Can't then it kind of begs the question like she doesn't kill him now and there's been theories that she didn't actually kill her bio father mm. that's interesting um I would love to see her actually kill this one though. Oh, 100%. I need yeah. I need it. Yeah. Um but yeah, so um she says even arrogant enough to think this blade would never turn on you, haven't you? Don't worry. I'm not going to use it yet. That would be too easy, too quick. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve a quick death. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kill you, but first I want to make you suffer. I love the um, unhinged eyes that she has right now. I've seen my friends sometimes have those eyes. My one friend, she calls them the crazy eyes. I've seen it twice in my life. It was terrifying and with good reason. And it very much reminded me of this. So I was just like, ooh, she's going to do some. She's, she means this with every fiber of her being. Mm-hmm. You guys it. know that one? Sorry. Uh-oh. I'm done. You guys know that uh, one panel, it's from it's from the prologue or something, like one of the early episodes where there's a guy who's like crucified on a scythe. I want Bella to do that to Radcliffe. Mindy, are you good? <laughs> so sorry, yes, the, the, the lack of vitamins. You're good. Gotta get that B12. <laughs> Yeah, Gotta get I, your spinach. I, I, that's crazy. I, anyway, I did have a question. Uh, what did you guys think of him, of her leaving him alive? Because I was like, well, if you leave him alive, he just has the opportunity to cause more damage. Honestly, I feel like the quick death thing, like you don't deserve a quick death, is kind of just like they the plot needs him alive for things yeah. later down the road so they can't kill him now. Even though logically, I think Bella would have killed him now. If he was like, if he didn't have greater plot relevance down the road, he'd be gone at this yeah. point. <laughs> I don't know. If this is just my reading. I'm oh, sorry. Um, I don't know. If this is just my reading, but I kind of took it as like she's not going to kill him now. But I didn't see that as she's leaving him in his house to live his normal life. No, I thought she was going to like you know maybe take him to some place and maybe like do some unsavory things to him for several days or weeks or however long mm-hmm. she personally feels necessary and then she'll eventually kill him and mm-hmm. maybe even not well we know that the the knife with the with the venom is not the best way to go so she could probably kill him with that and be happy but i always pictured it as like she fully planned to like take him and like you know torture him potentially for this after this but then he flipped the situation around because he knows exactly how to manipulate her and it was just like broke my heart to see but yeah I think had he not said that he would have been fully like beaten to a pulp like worse than Kieran in um 91 and or 90 whenever it was and yeah I feel like that's what we could have seen I didn't see it as I'm gonna leave you alive in your house to do your own thing and mind your own business I was like no or she would have been just maybe tortured him until the morning then killed him and dipped but who am I to to say that that was just how I read it yeah no exactly especially because she's one of the few people who actually know that he's apostle I forget what apostle number he is Yes, seven. So I, I feel like she could also just bring him to the underworld, get him tied up there, and mm. everyone's going to have a go at him. You know, he's an aristocrat. Everyone's angry at them right now. 
um, I feel like she could use that to his advantage or to her advantage because it's not like he's gonna tell everybody that he's an apostle. Mm-hmm. But he is beloved him. by the masses, though. Like he's mm-hmm. like one of the people that they actually like. But if it's revealed, like all the things that he did and was involved with, maybe that could like you know turn a mob mm-hmm. on him. Wouldn't that be nice? To she see cancel him, him on Twitter.com. <laughs> Not nah, Elon oh. will reinstate him eventually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Red Cliff responds. The knife is like literally right in front of his face, and he's like, "She was a spy." And Bella tells him, "I told you to shut up." And Red Cliff is saying this as like we kind of see this moment of sort of panic on Bella's face, and he says, "She was a hound working for the queen," and Bella slaps him again she's like enough i thought she slid and, his throat but no <laughs> mm-hmm. and redcliffe says the order came from the, the leader and Bella's like full panic full anger right now and she's just like enough and he says she was a hound and she continues i said enough and she's just like continually whacking him and oh boy. just beating him up i was going he was dead <laughs> um, my, my dumb cause... comment um reason number like five million and three where i wish lauren was in the room to see whether or not he was lying about who gave the order <laughs> just like a person I... like it was the leader i'm like but was it do we know i think it was redcliffe but it like next thing it was the leader having a power play to turn redcliffe's best assassin against him because that would be brilliant and make so much more sense mm-hmm. and it kind of just i feel like Bella's anger in this moment is very much fueled by Redcliffe suggesting it was the leader because she mm. kind of does I know we're all rooting for her to escape it but she does kind of go from one unhealthy male figure to the next whether it be her father to Redcliffe to the leader she just will switch over whenever um it doesn't really work anymore and so mm. There's also the fact her that she face- was working against him this entire time, wasn't mm-hmm. she? Because she was going to yeah. his, expose his plot, but it's been exposed and she's kind of been falling back into him. But we know that she's turned to the leader now as her main person. But now mm-hmm. if the leader was the one who made the order, it's like, who is, who is her rage going to fall against? It's probably going to stay Radcliffe in my opinion, but like, interesting mm-hmm. question to see him kind of pull that out. Because I think diverting her anger to the leader is in his best interest. Yeah, and it's interesting that, um, sorry, I completely forgot what I was going to say. It's interesting that, like, this entire, like, she just, every time she switches, right, and she thinks that she's finally safe, in a sense, um, something happens, um, and she's kind of forced to go against herself, in a way. Like, the leader in this case would be betraying her after she kind of placed some trust in her and I think that notion that it's happened again just makes her more angry and she just takes it out on Rycliffe right that she just can't escape it that all these men are just trying to use her in the end yeah it's like no matter how well she does no matter how many things she's willing to risk or take she's just never good enough to be up there with the rest of them Mm -hmm. they just continually take advantage of her and she can't escape it it doesn't matter who she follows none of these men will actually truly value her and so we see her hand dripping blood and she's over Redcliffe's limp body um, and he, it's not necessarily clear who's huffing and then we see her panting um, and Redcliffe because he doesn't know how to shut the hell up um even when he's like very close to death i would be more concerned with getting some philosophical last words out but i guess he just has to stir up more shit um he says a hound she would have never understood you she would loathe the very thing that you are report the second she'd learned the truth and he's like completely beat up right now like black eyes cheeks full of blood he is like blood dripping from his mouth and Bella's just in denial. And she says, no. And Rikla says, she would have hated you. And Bella starts shaking. And you see, like, what was just anger and just completely like, 
dead stone serious right to she immediately just starts to crumble in this point and her eyebrows are furrowed together now not out of anger but rather just fear that Nair wouldn't have accepted her um and she's like no and Oracle says it never could have been Bella you knew it and we go to Bella small again and Radcliffe much larger even though he's the one on the ground um and he says you just didn't want to face it but you know that I'm right you and I we could never be one of them we are too far gone she would have never she never would have loved you had she known Mm -hmm. and sorry I'm just gonna go to the end so we can talk about it uh and Bella stands up and she's like no 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 no." and she stumbles backwards um and she runs outside down the hallways and um the narration says you can try to run but you can only run so far and she's just completely sprinting through all of the hallways of the mansion and the narration continues and says because in the end you're still a prisoner of the truth and she runs outside, gets fresh air. The narration says, you're still an assassin. Nera is still dead. And we see her grasp the balcony over, and she's over the sea. And it says, Redcliffe is still right. And she falls to her knees and she's just crying her eyes out like she's completely broken. And she wails into the night. Uh, with tears just streaming down her face falling to the ground and we um, we end the scene with her grasping the little pillars of the balcony as she sobs to herself well we got Bella being emotional for once emotional damage and I took it personally (sighs) Yeah, no, I know that like she was beating the crap out of him physically, but I think he really did almost win that fight. He really just used his words against her. And I think he really threw those last couple of punches in there. It's it's crazy to see that like no punch that she threw at him had even as much effect as just that like handful of words that he said to her because he's known how to manipulate her for years, how to make her um in like make her act in the way that he wants her to act and he knows her like pro- he knows her probably almost as good as Nera does potentially because he's known her for so long he's created her basically and he knows every single one of her insecurities and is able to just press at them and even though he is beat up and bleeding on the floor he has all of the power in that relationship and can really just twist her head and make her completely fall apart without mm-hmm. even like lifting a finger. It's very interesting how. Sorry, did I? Um, does someone no, want to go? I'm done. Okay. Um, it's very interesting how this episode has a lot of parallels to episode to like the episode we don't talk about. Um, and uh, quite a few people pointed this out, especially with like you know Bellman invoking like the monster you created right very much tying into Kieran and be like oh I'm a monster you know and in the episode that shall not be named is Kieran is very much going to the dark side right he's like fine if everyone thinks I'm the monster then I'm just gonna be the monster and we see that with Bella in this episode where she's like you made me the monster so now I'm gonna be a monster right and she but she kind of turns it against him and um i think sorry i had something where i was going with this um i think it's so interesting that what makes bella the most afraid in a sense is that no one will actually ever accept her because she is a monster right she's like she emphasizes so much that she's like past the point of no return and then she immediately recoils whenever Redcliffe or when Redcliffe invokes Nera's name um and I guess yeah it, you really see how um 
the PS is like, you know, attachments are, uh, attachments are your weakness, right? Because they try to make these monsters, right? They try to make Bella and Karen completely unemotional killing machines. And it's when Bella's attachment relationship, you know, that's invoked. That's when she just can't do it anymore. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that that's like the main point of why they try to recruit um, recruit kids at such a young age or they just steal children because that's all that they know. And for like Bella, like her life was awful and miserable and she was abused by her father. And like she's mentioned so many times, her life is so much better than it ever in her eyes could have been or would have been um, if Radcliffe hadn't come into her life. So for her, like it's just it's just crazy to think about that this is the best life for her being manipulated and put down and used by Radcliffe so it it really is heartbreaking to see him even be able to like beat her down even though he's not strong and he's not physically capable of doing it he still knows what to do because he knows her past and her traumas and all of the things like you said before that make her feel insecure about herself Mindy, what do you have to say? Sorry, I noticed you nodding off. Mindy? Just like, what are your thoughts about camera? Like, Mindy just napping. It's not the first time. It's okay. I know. I know. I Um, know. What are your thoughts about like (laughs) Redcliffe being able to like just make Bella fall apart by just talking to her about how Nair would have never loved her if she knew the truth. Well, it's clever. And, you know, the the best, the most hurtful thing you can say is the truth, right? Is the thing that actually is the person that was thinking about it before, right? Because Bella has probably been thinking, you know, I rejected her first before she could reject me. That's probably a big reason she broke up with her. Um, Yes, I think that, you know, the truth hurts. But I was curious. I didn't know that Bella didn't... um, didn't know that Bella Darcy was a spy. I, I thought that she would have known that. So, I think she, she did because um, um, I, well, actually, no, that's true. I wanted to kind of build off the truth thing because in the past, I've kind of been doubtful of Rachel. If I'm like, oh, he's just doing that to manipulate her. Whenever he was like, oh, she would never love you if she knew what you are, what you were. And then I was like. That was, I can't remember which episode number that was. Um, episode 138, where he kind of repeats to her what we saw in this episode about how Nera, Nera doesn't know about Bella's position, but if she did, would not accept her. And I, at that point, I was like, yeah, he's manipulating her. But in this part, I feel like almost he's projecting onto her because he invokes, um, he invokes both of them at one point where he's like um where is it you and and i I will never be one of them Mm -hmm. yeah um so i was like oh maybe he has some self-esteem issues here which Mm -hmm. would explain why he needs to take it out on everyone else but also Mm -hmm. like um i feel like this is a very poignant scene for bella because although it's not really explicitly said this is the moment where she kind of realizes that she truly has no one mm-hmm. um, because Redcliffe, she's cutting ties with Redcliffe. She's potentially cutting ties with the leader. Um, and she's about Bella, to go beat the shit out Bella. of her friend mm-hmm. for murdering her best, her, her girlfriend. So, <laughs> And it's not really mentioned, but it's known that the purple hyacinth was the one who killed mm-hmm. Neyra. And so this person that she thought she had a bit of camaraderie and and you know together mm-hmm. till the end kind of mentality with has turned against her in a way and betrayed her in a sense even though like they don't I feel like she shouldn't like she would have expected kind of it to potentially happen but maybe not from Kieran right because to an extent I think they did trust each other and in this re- moment she realizes no I don't even have Kieran right the person that was like in the end it's always you and now I don't even have you and here even in Neyra's death she can't even properly mourn her because Redcliffe is just telling her about how she worked for the queen now she was a spy and the hound and when you say hound it makes me think of like 
police officers and police dogs, you know, and, you know, the police are under the monarchy. And we've seen in the past how the APD's treatment of Grey Chapel orphans, which Bella is, you know, what it looks like and how it affects the kids. And so it's Bella being like this, even this one person that I love and trust still works within the system that directly hurt me when I was a child and mm. led to where I am today. Absolutely. Yeah. And it kind of make, makes me wonder too, if Bella's going to go approach Karen or if she's just right away going to go and try to retaliate by killing uh, Lauren or pretty much Lauren, really, because that's the only person that he's close to. Yeah, that's my one thing I am like, Kieran, you better explain yourself real quick to Bella before you get yourself like poisoned. <laughs> yeah, he needs to not be like Redcliffe. Like as soon as she begins, he sees that flash of pink hair and the shine of that knife, he needs to be like, your girlfriend's alive. She's alive. She's alive. Don't kill me. There are two scenarios I would love for this way, for this to go. If Bella approaches Kieran, I would love to see her show up at the cave and then Kieran and Nara just playing like cards or something, you know? Oh my like, gosh imagine you come in like just reckless blood staining you right your knuckles are all bruised and you have a knife in your hand and you're like Kieran it's time to go down and then he looks up and he's like oh hey Bella and right fish. there you know they're just having tea together like the emotional whiplash for Bella I'm like pissed that Kieran didn't tell her ahead of time I'm like Kieran that was so foul I mean um, I think it was like as cruel as it is it is a smart thing to do because mm -hmm. it like she would not that reaction I like I mean right. she could probably act very well but I don't think that level of reaction would have happened if he she had been let in like that let in before yeah. and, and again <gasps> it is better that she's secretly alive than actually dead so like her finding out after I think she'd be like you know is better in the long run and like as hard as it is like that reaction kind of cements that like okay Neira is really dead and like whatever they're trying to manipulate out of Bella with killing her as well or like the potential of that will be negated and it'll be all good but I really do want to see her get a few punches in some like you know some fighting between uh, the golden viper and the purple hyacinth would be yeah. lovely to see <laughs> I think but... I think Bella deserves to beat Kieran up a bit like even if it was for her <laughs> own good I, I think she deserves it you know yeah, let, let Lauren um, and Nero watch too mm -hmm. yeah. and then uh, <laughs> if you're this... in your scenario this is interesting because if she storms into the cave like what did you do to Nero suddenly you know it's like Nero just has real proof of how much she loves her so it's just nice to see that does Bella even know about the cave I feel like nobody knows about the cave but I feel like Bella could like has like the rage powers to kind of like figure it out track people or go mm -hmm. after lauren potentially and then lauren has to be the one to be like Nero's alive wouldn't that yeah. be interesting um, the second scenario i was figuring is that bella goes after lauren and she's like an eye for an eye you know and oh, that's when like lauren i have a story to tell you yeah and lauren's <laughs> like in in that moment lauren's like oh shit they were girlfriends yeah oh my god they were girlfriends like that would be so we... funny like Imagine realizing that you're like one of your new friends pulls assassin bitches too because her girlfriend tried to kill you. <laughs> Gonna be the Spider Man meme a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, five minutes. Can we <gasps> wait? Oh, sorry. I just I have another idea. Imagine yeah. Bella about to kill either Lauren or Kieran, one of the two, and then Darcy shows up on the scene and stops her. And she doesn't think Darcy's real. She thinks she's just like a hallucination or something oh, because no. she's just been so like <laughs> grief stricken. I would quite literally lose it. Hmm. Would be very sad. Ow! Yeah. Why would you do that to me? Hmm. I'm just I'm thinking about it. You know. Mm -hmm. All right. So now to sorry, I want to make sure we finish it in the time. We have this beautiful starry night and a clock tower and Lauren walking along the bridge. We see the homes, the roof homes. And Lauren's on the bridge. Her expression looks pretty grim. We have the mist from the mouth, and it's Kieran, you know, standing at the bridge. They've met at the bridge before. She's walking towards him, and you anticipate at first, you're like, well, Sheen's going to be like, Kieran, what have you done? Why didn't you tell me? She's going forward. He's looking at her. He has a serious expression. You know, you can't read it. It looks maybe a little scared. She walks towards him. It's like this intimidating position. 
He looks at her, she looks at him very grimly. And then the next one, there's a little smile on her face. And she's like, congratulations, Purple Hyacinth. You have successfully failed your murder. I mean, we've been new, but this is a great way to end this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So Laura knew all along. (laughs) Love the progress we see. It's like, she doesn't even have to hear about it now. It's not like the tower situation. It's like, he told her beforehand his plan, probably. And then they probably worked on it together, I assume. And then got this done. And it's just like the progress in their relationship. Great to see. Great to see the parallels in the progress. I like to think Warren kind of sort of meta realized that like, if there's no body, they're not dead. Or if (laughs) there's no body, something's up. And it's probably PS related. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. I was so happy. I was like so worried that there was going to be anger and upsetness and cure and betrayal and Kieran would have to justify himself and like no or would he lie to her? But phew, nope, none of that. They are finally a team and they're working together. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Predictions for next episode. Bundan, you had a whole thing. Yeah. No. Um. I my whole thing when I did the last recording where I was like. Kieran's gonna come he's gonna tell her about his thing and how he doesn't want to kill her and all these things and it's gonna be beautiful and emotional next week now I was wrong about the day but it's gonna happen we got Lauren pulling up that sheet on her bed that art that Soph put up I'm counting on that being next week now (laughs) I want it we need it I would love to see them figuring this out Naira's reaction to Kieran coming in this whole the whole setup everything and then like Naira finding out that Lauren's dating the purple hyacinth Hmm great all right i i really want a scene where darcy just tells bella over and over how much like how much she loves bella because you know like the scene at the end of pride and prejudice where he's just where i think i remember if he's whispering i love you or like just um he says it three times it's beautiful yeah okay yeah so he says it a lot because this episode we really just see how bella's worst fear is just not being loved by someone right Mm. and we I think we really need a scene where Darcy is able to shift that because by the end of the episode it's not just Bella grieving Nera it's her being like truly there is no one out there who cares about me and it's really just emphasized by that long panel of her alone underneath the moon Mm. right it's Mm. literally just her Mm. out there in front of the sea and there's no one to comfort her and so I really I really need a scene where she finds out Nera is still alive and Nera just like holds her right because I want a parallel to the scene where she's crying on the balcony but instead of being alone there's Nera beside her there and she's able to just like let it all out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you think we have time for like 10 seconds each favorite art panel Mine um, just smile. Uh, Bella's first face when she's about to like punch him for the first time yeah all right either the bella balcony ones or there's one where like when her face first switches to fear i'm like dang like when um the one where she's like no it never and reckless like it never could have been bella you knew it because like it's like she's been kind of putting it off but she also realizes like uh this is a bit realistic and you know maybe she was just kind of running from it the whole time and then we see her like actually running from it you know you can try to run you can only run so far but in the end you're still prisoner to the truth yeah. what All about right. you guys Fast. Yeah, like one second left <laughs> yeah. i think the chaotic like bella scene where like her face gets crazy and you can tell like when she's drawn it's like these heavy lines and like there's like all Thank you to my current patrons, Susie, Lady Libris, Lily, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Joe, Rochelle, Saucy Tuggles, Anne, Rose, Alexa, Misty, Joanne, Esther, and Watching You People, Emily, Jean, Jen, Kay, Lily, Beckett, Christine, Sadie, Teresa, Mrs. Gasaldo, and Emma Pora. Your support is truly appreciated.